This is the Tribe Mastermind, where we talk business, purpose, and passion with your hosts, Jordan Muela and Steve Welty. If you're ready to shift into a bigger future, then this is the show for you. So plug in, buckle up, and get ready to be. Jordan, what's up, man? Hey, another day. Glad to be live, man. Glad to be talking to you. Cool, man. Me too. Uh, what? Uh, what, where are you? Are you in like? A, is that your car or what? <laughs> For those that are watching and not listening, yeah, I'm in. No, I'm actually in CRISPR Compass's car. My business partner with Lead Simple. I'm out in Portland visiting the Lead Simple team. I'm on a travel week. I was meeting with Danny. And David was profit coach for an EOS quarterly meeting the day before that. And I was at strategic coach the day before that. So full week and ready to go home today. Nice, man. Give me something from either EOS or strategic coach or both. Yeah. All right. Um, My EOS one aha was a point of order in process. We had set a revenue target for our one year goal with EOS and we blew it out of the water maybe seven months into the year and we didn't go back and revise it and change it. And so therefore, when we came to this meeting and we were talking about our our goals and what we're going to do for the quarter, our rocks were not anchored against trying to tie them to the one-year goal. And that went on for like three quarters of the day. And I finally realized why something felt off and pointed that out. And we were able to course correct and reset. Um, and that is actually related to a similar theme that I have that I had at, at strategic coach the day before my aha there was that I had been able to successfully test the premise that you can crowd out the unimportant with the important and succeed. That's actually a winning strategy. But when it worked, I had less work to do. And I was, there was like a, a month where I was kind of struggling and I wasn't sure why I was in a funk and I was feeling way less efficient. And then I realized it was because I had worked myself out of some important jobs and I either need to do work less or like, you know, just start working 30 hours a week or 20 hours a week, whatever, or I needed to pick up a new project but I had been in limbo for a little while and it felt really awkward. So those are my two takeaways. Interesting, man. Well, that's congrats on the revenue blowing that away. That's great. So did you guys reset a revenue target to like a new goal or what? We, we did. We actually, we modified our fiscal year so that this quarter was kind of the end of the year. And then we're going to go back and we're going to reset it in our two day annual meeting in November. Nice. Cool, man. Well, uh, yeah, I had my EOS meeting a couple of days ago too. brought the implementer in same song and dance figured, Hey, I could probably save this money next time. I think I'm just going to do it myself. <laughs> and then we leave the day with like, Oh man, I love this guy. I'm so glad he's here. <laughs> nice. Well, so any specific takeaways from you from that, from that meeting? So we had a really good, I think, collective conversation around there had been some things that had come up recently where we one in one instance, we made a decision to stop taking a certain type of client because we seemed to fall short on our purpose, which is life improved um, more often than not when taking this like this type of client or this type of property. 
And, uh, and so everyone kind of voted just to stop taking those. And I was like, okay, you know, if that's what we all vote, that's fine. And then, um, there was another instance where we had a big opportunity and some people on the team were kind of like, no, that's going to be a pain. And that's, you know, that's, that's going to be like, I don't want to be involved in that. It's going to be so much work. So anyway, I had a conversation about, um, if we like in the first instance, if we decide to stop taking something, okay, great, but let's call it for what it is. We failed to be innovative enough to create a solution for that. Mm -hmm. Like it shouldn't, I mean, I'm all for, you know, um, team votes and, but like, let's just call it as is because the way I see it is like, we should, we could have been able to come up with, with a, an effective solution. And then in the latter, I said, I think sometimes we're falling into the comfort trap where it's like, okay, things are humming along. We're making some money and, you know, Hey, as long as like this opportunity doesn't rock the boat too much. And then I had this conversation about the fact that sometimes the team that gets you to point A isn't the team to get you to point B. And I was like, you know, I was just very clear with everyone. I'm like, I'm not saying anyone on this team is like the wrong person to get us to point B, but just be thinking about that because we're heading in a certain direction. And, uh, you know, we need people that like, I want a leadership team where I throw a problem to them and they're just like, yes, figure it like they'll figure it out no matter what. And I feel like we lost some of that, but I feel like it was re-injected a little bit back into everyone's mindset, um, through kind of sharing my thoughts and my feelings on that. Dude. I love that. Especially the latter having a candid conversation and just kind of laying it out there, not as a threat or an ultimatum, but a high level thought and letting everybody else carry the implications. Yeah. I thought about you at Strategic Coach when Marilyn Waller. Oh, Shannon Waller? Shannon Waller's mother. I, I don't know if you've met her before. She's, she's older. <laughs> she comes to the meetings. She, she's older. But I talked to her and she's been in a couple of my meetings and she's great. And she gave me a copy of her book called Listen to Yourself. It's the title of the book. Listen to Yourself, man. Oh, so, yeah, the whole, I mean, I love books where you can read the title and basically intuit the premise and yeah, it means something. Right. And that's how I felt as soon as I looked at it. It was, it was perfect for me. But that's something I've been thinking about is when you're in the moment and you hear something that sounds off and you have an impulse and you say something, it feels so much lighter than if you think about it, you stew on it, and then you come back and you try and like interject it later, which you should if if you're still feeling it. But um, it, it's just a lot lighter to say things that could potentially have some tension behind them, like in the moment as they come up, as opposed to getting any feelings about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's why I love the EOS uh, quarterly pulse. And then I think that's also. I feel more safe talking about, or I don't know, more open to talking about sensitive issues when there's a third independent third party in the room. So I think that's another thing of uh, Jeff, my implementer. It's not necessarily like he comes up with these great ideas or anything. It's just like kind of this independent person that, um, you know, can screen things out. And so, uh, you know, I was talking with one of the, one of my team members and uh, I can't remember how it came up. Oh, I'm totally blanking. I totally, no, I'll come back to it, but, but, uh, but yeah, just having those crucial conversations um, with people, uh, man, I, I'm not, I'm not losing my train of thought completely. 
the third, the third party. I'll carry you, man. The third party. I completely agree. So I remember when I hired my first business coach and I was getting a lot of value from it. And then I introduced one of my business partners and there was less value. And the way I got around that, it was through direct provocation. We would get on the phone and instead of pussyfooting around the issues, I would like directly make a, say something with maybe a little bit of hyperbole behind it. You're this or you're that. And as soon as I did that, the other person opened up, even if it was seemingly not in the most healthy way. The act of disclosure of communicating what you're really thinking can happen in a calm way or can happen in a more in a less healthy way. But either way, disclosure is the fundamental basis of vulnerability and progress in conversation. And that's what I feel is more likely to come out when there's a third party. There's just a little bit more accountability in auditing your own thought because there's another adult in the room and you can't be indulgent by saying things like, well, you always do this or you always do that. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. I think you nailed it. Oh, and I remember what it is now. I, I told, there was two people on my leadership team that I said, I'm hearing from, I'm hearing no from you a lot. Like, don't, don't tell me no, like, like ever. Like I I never want to hear no. If there's an idea, like in songwriting, that's one of the ground rules of songwriting. When you write with other people, is if I play something and you don't like it, don't say no, or don't say that you don't like it. You either don't say anything or you say, well, what about this? Um, I just felt like ideas and things were getting like shut down or, oh, I'm too busy to do that. It's like, well, instead of saying no, which just kills all creativity, why don't you say, well, you know, we have these projects lined up, which one of these should go to the back. So this project can bump up. Or, yeah. you know what I mean? And so there was, an, that was another key part of the conversation I felt like where, yeah, like one guy on my team in particular, Dave is so good at Swiss cheesing. He calls it like every idea, like, well, what about this? What about this? That's not going to worry. I'm like, that's great. But I'd almost prefer if you would at the beginning, like say three positive things about the idea first, you know what I mean? Or like, you know, yeah, that could work. Uh, you know, we could actually get a lot of revenue from that. And that would actually really help us get to our five-year target. But what about this, this, and this? Like, um, I, it was just a really good conversation around how no stops cre- the creative process. I like that, man. So I like to bifurcate possibility and practicality. You can do both, and it's easier to do both when you separate them. Like, hey, let's let's indulge it, let's entertain it, let's play with it, let's keep it light, and fully commit to that and engage with that half of it. And then secondarily, let's savage it. Let's stomp on it. Let's try and break it. Yeah. Like you just have to have enough space to contain the two thoughts. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what I needed. Cause I felt like we kind of got in this funk where everything was like, what new idea opportunity? Like, no, that's going to rock the boat. Like, you know, think we're just staying really focused on this. And so it's funny when you brought up earlier about you love book titles that speak to the message clearly. <laughs> It's funny. I got this. Uh, I got this book. What got you here won't get you there. Nice. Yeah. Have you read that? I haven't. But I mean, as soon as you say the title, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Right. But then I was like walking by it. I actually haven't started reading it yet. I was like walking by it the other day, and it's like how successful people become even more successful. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me that I would buy a book like this? Like, my if my initial instinct was like, do I have a problem where 
like at what point does success like 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 I'm, I'm, I'm picturing like uh i had a house cleaner in here the other day she probably looked at this and was like what a psychopath and i'm just kidding <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned that entrepreneur the other day yeah i think you said his name was like naveen jane or something like yeah. that yeah, I saw that guy on an interview, and I think I've told you this before, but I saw him on an interview. He's a billionaire, and in the interview, as they're the story is, we're interviewing this super successful billionaire. He talks about working really hard because that's like a core belief of how he keeps his edge and stays ahead. And there was a part of me that was just like, something seems really dysfunctional or wrong about that picture. I mean, I'm all for working hard and living up to your maximum potential but yeah i'm i'm with you when does it end when do you stop chasing the rabbit knowing that every time you catch it it ceases to be the rabbit yeah exactly but then i thought more about it and i was thinking well it comes down to what's your definition of success i guess for me it's um it's in the becoming something it's not in the achieving or the having so like there's a lot of things i'm trying to become Yes. Trying to become. And it's not necessarily like I need to get more money or I need to have a boat um, or I need to like win this prize or this medal. It's just um, there's there's a belief system I have of who I am and there's certain things I like, certain things I don't. And so, um, you know, I think it's just in the becoming more, which brought me to think of you've said it a few times. I think it's like be, do, have is that versus have do be have do be break that down for me what does that mean to you be do have means i first get clear on who i am and what i am about and then i behave that way which is the do part and as a result of that first clarity and secondarily acting it out i then have get and receive external things as opposed to i must first get certain things i.e have and then i will um, engage in certain behaviors that make me a certain person. Yeah. It's like internal to external as opposed to external to internal. Yeah. And it was crazy. I was listening to a podcast, the Ed Milet show. It was referred to me through a friend, uh, with Sean White and Sean, Sean White. There were so many nuggets in there because 90% of his success I can tell is on the B side. Like one thing that jumped out at me is he dude is so positive. Like he talked about when he was watching, when he watches a run before him, if the person falls, he's like, hell yeah, you know, they fell. Like, that's great. If the person just kills it, he's like, hell yeah, dude, I, if that guy killed it, I can kill it. Like he has this mindset that he can't lose. Like he's any situation he's in, he sets himself up like where there's no losing like scenario. I thought that was really, I love that. And, and sometimes I, I downplay like positivity is one of my core values and one of my strengths, I think, but sometimes I downplay it as like squishy or, you know, well, well, you're just an idealist or whatever. And like, that's, that's great. But uh, it was kind of nice to see someone rise so high based on uh, in big part that belief, I think. And just, so I was like thinking like, you know, how can I make positive situation out of everything? Like out of, like what's negative right now in my life that I can flip to a positive. Cause I think that's what Sean White would do, you know? Hmm. So I thought about it as a performance hack or a strategy hack. Oh, I'll turn a negative into a positive and it'll be useful to me. But lately the way it's really been helping me is just like with my mental game. 
Mm. When I'm when I'm having negative emotions about something, I'm using it to help me get off of that. Less so so that I can have some big strategic win and more just like manage my own mental clarity and state of being. That, that's where I've been getting the most leverage from it lately. Like what's really bothering me? What's really sticking in my craw? And how can I turn that not by trying to just get over it or tell myself to stop thinking about it, but really breaking it down and like logically thinking through what the upside is? Because there's always upside. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that comes up for me that also came out of the EOS meeting was we, at the beginning of the meeting, we talk about what was like the best, one of the best, you know, personal professional highlights, I guess, from the last 90 days. And multiple people, had the same one, which was uh, the team had gotten stronger due to subtraction of someone. Mm. And this person was a great person, and we all liked liked this person. And um, it just uh, it just became apparent after a certain period of time that they weren't going to be the person that uh, with the skill set we needed for the role. And back to the you know uh, Netflix culture document that said the best way to keep and retain a players is to surround them with other a players like we were fired up because we really felt like okay we're back to like full a player status um and so that really pumped everyone up and 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 uh it was a big win for us i like that man I i definitely feel you on the electric energy that comes from knowing that you're with people that are committed and capable. The EOS framework, get it, want it. GWC, what's the what's the C capable? Uh have the capacity. Capacity. Yeah. That really has resonated with me just knowing that you're with other people that have cut the mustard and are fully bought in. You see that that energy that goes back and forth. It's hard to teach or to talk about or to condition, but when you taste it and you experience it, it can be electric. Yeah. And something that lit, led up to that, that was really cool. I shared it in Tribe, but I, I've been really trying to use it as much as possible as expectations versus agreements. Yeah. And I thought that was really powerful. And it never really occurred to me because you know, as the company owner, we expect things, you know, it's like, I expect you to do this. I expect you to do this. If you're not hitting these ex- expectations and that's a problem and that can go everywhere from, uh, like the KPIs they get to how they, you know, talk to people, um, their mannerisms, etc. But, um, with this one person in particular, uh, I was able to use this new strategy where instead of like hammering them on this, we just said, okay, we need to come up with an agreement on like why this is, uh, you know, how we're going to make sure this thing gets done. So here's why this is important to the company. Um, and uh, I want to make sure you're set up for success. So what do you need to, to be successful, like to make sure that this thing happens? Um, okay, great. You need uh, extra time in the morning. You need someone to take off this off your plate. You need a VA's help. Okay, great. So can we agree that if I get you that help, then you will have what you need to be successful. And that way it's like a co-creation and there's lots of different ways you can do it, but it's more of like an understanding because usually people aren't trying to screw up and not do a good job. It's like, it's having an understanding when you give someone an order and say, I expect this of you. It's very non-motivating and, um, and it's like, it's, it's just an order. So it's not them. But when you get someone to agree 
And then you end with a handshake You say, okay, so we're in agreement on this. If you do this and I do this, then this result will happen. All right, deal. Love it. Then it's a co-creation. Then it has more power. And then it's easier just to say, Hey, like, let me explain. Let me talk. Let's talk about the importance of agreements. Like you agreed to this. I fulfilled my bargain. And then maybe it's worth having one more of those conversations. And then after that, if it's broken again, then it's pretty easy just to say, you know, keeping your agreements, being reliable in the case of good life is one of our core values. So, um, you know, that's not, that's a problem moving forward. Mm, I like it. Yeah. Well said. I've heard people back into this different ways. I remember reading about an entrepreneur that built some mega company. I'm going to screw it up. I think it was one of the railroad magnets, but his whole thing was agreements and expectations in relation to lowering people's pay. Like he would be like, Hey, we had an agreement and expectation. We had an agreement. It wasn't hit. And part of the agreement was that if you couldn't do it, we're going to have to modify your pay. And so he never fired people. He basically just whittled people's pay down low enough that they would perpetually quit, <laughs> which is maybe not the best way to do it. But the point was that, yeah, the point was that, you know, people, people saw it coming a mile away. There was no, I guess that's the takeaway is there. It, people should not be surprised when they're, when they're get let go. Yeah. Yeah. Usually not. But, um, but yeah, man, uh, had a really good week with the OS had a good week of, of clear communications with the team. Um, Adam, my BDM, <laughs> he's so funny, man. He has so much confidence. He's like, we're talking about events and he's just like, man, I just like to show up and blow up, man. That's like all I do is <laughs> like, I'm going to show up and blow up. And, uh, I was thinking about that. Um, and, uh, and even Sean White, he's into music now. And he was saying, um, they had, someone had asked him to play like this, like this set lot last minute. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm a musician. That's what I do. And it was, it resonated with me perfect because there's been some gigs that have come down the pipeline recently where I'm like, oh, I don't really, I don't know if I'm going to play that. And it's like, well, shit, if I'm a musician and this is what I do, like it's time to show up and blow up. <laughs> so I love, I love that, uh, that boost of confidence that I got from Adam. And, and I just love that, that idea that, you know, we can show up and blow up, man. That's what we do. <laughs> All right, <laughs> show up and blow up, man. <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that to the bank. I'm gonna show up and blow up for my team today. Yesterday, I had a team building day. I guess is what we we're calling it. Basically, meeting with the lead simple crew, having a day of fun, hanging out. Went to uh, did an escape room. That was cool. Um, hadn't done, done one of those before. A little bit of a team building exercise is trying to keep the energy, the connection, the buy-in camaraderie, especially right now when we're in the middle of this investment cycle where we're just pouring a lot of money back into product with kind of a some delayed gratification associated with it. So yeah, trying to make the most of just like presenting myself with the team. Do you guys do any regular or ongoing team building days or kind of stuff dude i thought we did and then that came up as an issue on level 10 they're like when's the last time we did a team thing i was like we went to the beach a couple months like a month ago and uh we did something else and they were like that was only like half the team so i i was thinking because i like to i don't like to make it mandatory like everyone needs to show up here we're gonna have fun yeah (laughs) i just like to make it more uh more loose but uh that was one of the things that that came up so it's funny you said 
escape room because like I, I, that's like the go-to thing but i was like i want to do that you know i was like i haven't done that so we we kicked that around but um but yeah we we uh we do get together but probably not as often as we could so that's something we're we're focusing on um because that's part of our three-year picture is we have a uh, uh, photos of team retreats on the wall. That's something important to us. <laughs> we don't, we don't have very many retreats yet. <laughs> I, I like it. Future escaping with what the experience looks like for team members is something that's very fun and pleasurable for me to do. And fun is where all thing, all good things come from. I've referenced that quote that you told me from somebody else a million times about when, when I'm experiencing suffering, I've returned to the mind as opposed to just being here in the moment. I think about that with pressure. When I'm experiencing pressure with business about what I should be doing, about what should be happening, and it feels heavy, I know that's not the direction. I want want to pivot out of that and pivot to what do I want to do? Can I trust myself? Do I have a track record of producing results when I trust myself, trust my gut? The answer is yes. So why wouldn't I do that? And if I'm doing what I want to be doing, and as soon as I start thinking about that, it's a fun and pleasurable thought and my enthusiasm and joy spurs that in other people. So I keep coming back to that, man. I'm so glad that resonates, man. I love that. I love that one too. And uh, I was reading Procrastination Priorities, short little book by Dan Sullivan yesterday, last night. And he says, uh, don't judge your progress, measure it. Like judgment is very heavy and it's like whipping boy. Oh, you look at you compared to this person just measure your progress like okay i'm here and um you know this is where we're heading and so it's just it's just less less painful and i love what he talks about in that book about prior uh you know i had to reread it i'm glad i did because i took it to mean anything you're uh, procrastinating on is something you shouldn't be doing and that's not necessarily true like what he that's not necessarily what he says he says it's an indicator that it might be something that you shouldn't be doing but he also says make a list for try this for like a week he says make a list before you go to bed of three things the three biggest procrastinations you have and then um so i did that and of the six things, well, actually, I wrote down six things. And then of the, of the six things, three things were things I shouldn't be doing, but I, I, they, they've been procrastinating on and need to get done. So I just farmed those out this morning. I was like, okay, team member, please do this. This is why it's important, et cetera. Um, and so you can use, that's what, that's where, um, that's what I get super excited about is these mindset shifts turning something to like procrastination that's something negative into into a source of energy like hey what am i procrastinating on <laughs> all right these things perfect i'm going to get these things done tomorrow because that's it you know I don't so know. what about the other three uh like what what are they or what's my no well so like you said three were things that you needed to delegate and the other three are things that you have to do, but you've been procrastinating on. So what's the, what was the value of going through that exercise? So the value was number one, I got the three things in motion that were just sitting. Number two, the other three things he talks about, maybe, um, maybe it's that you shouldn't be doing it by yourself. So like these three other things are going to become a a co-creation with other people in my calendar. Ah. Um, which, you know, gives me energy to be like, okay, instead of this is my heavy backpack, like I'm going to set a meeting and we're going to do this together. Um, so it, it might just be an example of something that you need to co-create with someone else. So that was cool. I like it. I've always thought about using deadlines in that capacity. Deadlines can really serve me well, but they're even further amplified when somebody else is involved, you know, like this, this podcast that we're doing right now, man, we got to set time and 
without that or without you, it could, it's much more like, well, do I feel like it? What else is more important? I don't know. But when there's right. a deadline, show up and blow up, baby. Show up and blow up, man. I'm going to show up and blow up today. So uh, I'm glad Same you're here. Same. Let me know how it goes next week. All right, brother. All right. Sounds good, man. Talk soon. Right, Peace. Tribe Universe, thank you so much for listening. If you got value from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a review or share the episode with a friend. Anything to help us get the podcast out to more people is going to help us impact more lives and have more fun doing what we do. So thank you for listening and thank you for showing us some love. Did you enjoy this episode? Please share it with a friend and leave a review on iTunes. If you'd like to find out more about joining the tribe, go to tribemastermind.com to understand why the best and brightest mastermind with us.